everyone, and welcome back to Everything Under the Sun. Can't believe it's nearly 2022. Something that's always on my list of New Year's resolutions is reading and writing as much as I can. And one of the ways I'm going to do this is by exchanging letters with my friend Banjo Robinson. He's a cat and he loves to travel and write letters. And he sends me and my son activity packs and letters and recipes from exciting places he visits. Not only does he write brilliant letters, but he's also just created an amazing journal. To get your paws on this lovely diary, ask your grown-up to visit banjomagic.com slash everything. If you like stories, adventure and magical cats, you'll love reading and writing with Banjo Robinson in 2022. And now it's time for Everything Under the Sun. Hello everyone, I've been busy again signing more books. It's getting very busy for Christmas. Father Christmas has ordered hundreds and hundreds of copies to put into people's stockings. So I hope you're going to be unwrapping one on Christmas Day if you haven't already got a copy. If you'd like a book plate signed to you, if you're a child listening, or if you're a grown-up getting a copy for a child, just ping me an email. I've already sent loads to Father Christmas. I will then write your child's name and Father Christmas or parents will stick it in the book. Just email me the child's name to molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk and I'll post you a letter. My son has been helping me in his little Father Christmas outfit. He's been very helpful. Now, on with the show. The first question is about Father Christmas and how he manages everything on Christmas Eve. It comes from Henry. Over to Henry. Hello, I'm Henry. I'm, I'm 10 and I like video games and reading. I, I would like to ask you a question. Which country has um, does Santa deliver his presents to first, last and middle? Thank you. Bye. Hi, Henry. Thanks so much for your excellent question. Well, I wasn't sure about this one, so I thought I needed the help of an expert. So I've got Tom Fletcher, who's written lots of books about Christmas, and he thinks he knows the answer. Over to Tom. Henry, that is a good question. It's actually something that I thought quite a lot about when writing the Christmas Horus. And to be honest, sometimes I run into little dead ends where I don't know. And sometimes I need him to jump countries for my stories, to skip some countries and come back to them later. But I think he starts in Australia first and then works his way around the time zones because that's the way the world spins and it's the way that nighttime goes. Because, you know, he always has to stay under the cover of nighttime and darkness so he's not seen. You know, it's Christmas Eve and it's magical, it's always dark. And so, yeah, I think he starts in Australia and then works his way across. So, in the middle, I guess, would be. England, I guess, would be somewhere in the middle. And then their last would be all the way around the other side. So what is that? I guess that's like Hawaii. Is that then Hawaii? New Zealand? What side? New Zealand must be next to Australia. That must be around the start of it. Or is that east of Australia? Do you know what? I'm not very good at geography. I've realised I didn't do geography at school. So I don't actually know where, where the countries are. But yeah, Australia first. We're somewhere in the middle. And then around to America... And then, I guess, the kind of west coast of America would be around last. And then whatever is over that side, Hawaii, I'm guessing, 
would be one of the last places he goes to. But I think what is cool though is that the North Pole doesn't really have a defined time zone because it's the centers where all those time zones meet. So Santa actually kind of lives in all of time, which I think is really cool and hard to even think about. So if he steps just a bit down, he'd be in like Australia's time zone. And then if he goes the other way, he'd be in English time zone or Europe and then in America, he can kind of walk across it all in a few steps. So that's why the North Pole is cool. I guess that's why he lives in the North Pole because time just doesn't really exist there. He lives on Christmas time. Thank you, Tom, for your wonderful answer. And I really hope that answers your question, Henry. And I'm sure you'll get loads of fun stuff in your stocking this Christmas, as will your brother and sister, and hopefully your parents. Have a lovely Christmas. Thanks for sending in your question. Now, I have a brilliant competition for you. It's to win a copy of Tom Fletcher's new book, The Christmasaurus and the Naughty List. All you have to do to enter the competition is borrow a grown-up's phone and record yourself telling me your favourite joke. <laughs> Send your favourite jokes into molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk and I'll play the very funniest jokes on next week's podcast and pick a winner of Tom Fletcher's new book. Good luck, everyone! Now, on to our next question, which is about all the different weather conditions Father Christmas has to deal with on his Christmas Eve sleigh journey. It comes from Zach. Over to Zach. Hi, Molly. My name is Zach, and I'm eight years old. I live in Melbourne, Australia, and I like playing Aussie rules football, basketball, and swimming at the beach. My question is, why is it winter in Australia when it is summer in England? Hi, Zach. Thanks for your excellent question. Well, this is a really interesting one and something I am sure Father Christmas thinks about a lot as he's changing outfits flying around the world on Christmas Eve. Here in England, where I am, like a lot of places in the world, we have seasons, such as autumn, winter, spring and summer. This is because the Earth's spin around the sun is wonky. The Earth's axis is tilted at an angle of 23.5 degrees. So the Earth is always pointing to one side of the sun as it goes around the sun. That's why in the summer in England, we're leaning towards the sun, so it's warm. Then, as we travel around the sun, we begin to tilt away from it. And six months later, we're in the middle of winter, tilting away from the sun. That's why it's freezing in England, where I am now. Right now, the Earth is tilting away from the sun, and I can't wait until summer when it tilts towards the sun instead. Because I love sunshine. The UK is in the northern half of the Earth. That's called the Northern Hemisphere, north of the equator, which is this imaginary line that goes all the way around the Earth. Australia is in the southern half, or the Southern Hemisphere. So that's why right now it's summer in Australia, because on the opposite side of the Earth to us here in England, in Australia, that side of the Earth is now tilting towards the sun while we are tilting away. And when we're tilting towards the Earth in England in summer, Australia will be tilting away and have winter. 
As the Earth moves around the Sun six months later, the places south of the equator get more exposure to light and it becomes summer, and in the Northern Hemisphere, it tilts away from the Sun and they get winter. Australia's winter is in June-July, whereas December-January is peak summer. In Australia, December is warm or hot, and places like Melbourne, Canberra and Sydney can get heat waves, with temperatures around 40 degrees C, which means Christmas in Australia is summertime. And they eat prawns and cook on a barbecue and have pavlova from pudding, if so I'm told. I've never been to Australia for Christmas, but maybe one day I'll have a nice, hot, sunny Christmas. There is a line all the way around the middle of the Earth called the equator, as I mentioned before. And there, if you live on the equator, you won't really get seasons. Along the equator, they have mild seasons and the weather is similar all year round. This is because the middle of the Earth is not very tilted. It doesn't tilt away or towards the sun at different times of year, like it does in the northern and southern hemispheres. Now, because the North Pole and South Pole tip further towards and away from the sun, They have very extreme seasons. The North and South Pole only have one sunrise and sunset a year. It's dark for six months of the year and light for six months of the year. Did you know some cultures have different numbers of seasons from the four that we have? They organise things in a different way. Lots of tropical countries just have two seasons, the rainy or monsoon season and the dry season. Some have a third cool or mild season. Some countries organise seasons around big weather events like hurricane season, which doesn't sound too fun, tornado season, or wildfire season. Oh dear. In ancient Egypt, the seasons were named flood, growth, and low water after the different phases that the Nile River went through at different times of the year. I hope that answers your question, Zach, and thank you for sending it in. And good luck, Father Christmas and his reindeer, hoping with all the different weather on Christmas Eve. Now, just heard on the cat vine that right after Christmas, my friend Banjo would be on his way to Sri Lanka. I don't know about you, but I love Sri Lanka. It's brilliant. Banjo is going to have such a great time. I can't wait to hear about what he gets up to over there. I'm also looking forward to learning more about this beautiful country and adding stickers to my world map and trying out a Sri Lankan recipe from Banjo. Getting letters from Banjo and learning about where he is in the world almost makes me feel as though I'm right there with him. To get your paws on Banjo's letter and an activity pack from Sri Lanka this January, ask your grown-up to visit banjomagic.com everything. Now for our third question, which is on the subject of something that happens when it's cold. The question comes from Cormac. Over to Cormac. Hello, my name is Cormac. I am six and I like playing football. This is my question. Why do we get goosebumps when we're cold and why are they called goosebumps? Thanks, Cormac, for your wonderful question. So, you should get what we call goosebumps on your skin when you get really cold. What happens is tiny muscles in your skin flex and lift up the hairs on our skin. But why would they do this? Well, it's so that the hairs then trap a layer of air near our bodies, which our bodies warm up. And that air keeps our body a bit warmer than without the hairs standing on end. 
as the hairs lift up, they pull a little bump of skin around the hair follicle up with them, so they make little bumps, which we call goosebumps. We can't control whether this happens, it's just something our body does as a reaction to the cold. Try and warm the body up. This works really well in furry animals, but humans also do it. Um, we're not sure how well it actually works now, as we're not that hairy anymore. It's probably something that's left over from our ancestors way back in time when we were a lot more hairy. Maybe in hundreds of years, humans will stop getting goosebumps if they don't really work. But they might be doing something we don't really understand because people also get them when they feel scared or spooked or they see something or feel something wonderful. Perhaps they hear a great piece of music or just get a funny feeling that gives them goosebumps. What's that all about? But why are they called goosebumps? The name comes from the fact that the little bumps look similar to the texture of goose skin after all their feathers have been plucked out. <laughs> Yuck! I don't know why we chose the word goose in English instead of a different kind of bird, as lots of birds look similar when they've been plucked. Or birds. Other languages use different species of bird. In Vietnamese, Korean, Japanese, Finnish, Dutch, French, Spanish, Portuguese and Galician, they're called pen bumps or chicken bumps. In Irish, we use goose and hen. Hebrew uses duck and Ukrainian and Russian use ant. Ant bumps? That's a funny name. The medical term for goose bumps is cutis anserine. Cutis means skin and anser means goose. I hope that answers your question, Cormac, and thank you for sending it in. Now that's our final question of the week answered. It's time to find out who won Lauren Charles' new book, Think Like an Elf. Here is our winning entry of your favourite name for an elf. Hello, my name is Golden. I'm a boy from London. I am six. And my name for a elf is Goldie the Elf because it, it's, it's kind of like my name and my name is an unusual name. Congratulations, Goldie. You've won a copy of Lauren's new book, Think Like an Elf, and an elf tea towel. I hope you love them both. Do listen to Lauren on last week's episode, where she answered a great question about elves and why they have pointy ears. Next week, we have Neil Gape. So quick, send in your Christmassy questions for the Christmas Eve episode and your jokes to win a copy of Tom Fletcher's new book. A huge thank you to Tom Fletcher for telling us about how far the Christmas plans his Christmas Eve deliveries, as well as to Henry, Zach and Cormac for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. We'll be back next week, the final episode of this series with Neil Gaiman. Neil is in Everything Under the Sun, the book answering a question about Mrs. Christmas. So I hope you have your copy. Or if you don't, that a copy is waiting for you under your tree or that Mr. and Mrs. Christmas are wrapping it up right now to pop it in your stocking. Everything Under the Sun, a curious question for every day of the year, is filled with all of your questions and it's been beautifully illustrated by 12 artists, so it's full of colour and knowledge and fun, so you're going to love it. 
make sure you get a copy. You can check me out on Instagram at Molly Oldfieldwrites, Twitter at Molly Oldfield, podcast is everything under the sun pod on Instagram. And of course, tell all your friends to listen. Thank you and 